Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Straw Hut Media. Yeah, here we are on Rock to Recovery, recorded at KX93.5. I am your host, Wes Gear, former guitar player for Head, P.E., and Korn, and I'm the creator of the Rock to Recovery music program and founder of our nonprofit. Every week, I sit down with rock stars, artists, musicians, athletes, all around rad humans, and we talk about addiction, struggles, mental health, the madness of it all, but most importantly, we talk about how people found their way out and got into what I call the vortex of of radness. I am very excited about this guest today who's become a dear friend of mine. And, uh, you know, why we're here is because we're, all, we're talking about this deadly disease of addiction and mental health that's taking so many people. And then I talk about it often in the show that when we find recovery, we get into this thing I like to call the vortex of radness. And what that is about is we're not just isolated and limping out, learning how not to get loaded anymore. We start really getting this stream of life and connecting with other people that have missions and goals and fulfillment. And that's what's really amazing about it. And so this is why I'm so excited today, because this is a dear friend of mine who I've met along the way. So I always like keep it obscure and like try to build up some suspense here on who it is. She's a beautiful woman. I'm staring into her eyes right now. She was on. Well, here's the part I'm excited to talk about because I might go right in there. But your father this is going to give away who it is. Vidal Sassoon. <laughs> yeah. And so no, but you guys don't know who's on the show yet. You can't figure it out. And she was also on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So welcome to the studio. And you do all sorts of healthcare stuff. We'll get into that. Health and wellness and Pilates studio and stuff like that. Welcome to the show, Eden Sassoon. Thank you, Wes. Yeah, I love thank you, too. Thank you, thank you. You are honestly, like I've said a hundred times, one of those people that are just that. You're solid. And thank that you. doesn't happen every day. I wasn't when I was a tweaker drinking whiskey. Well, hey, you are now. So you learned something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Isn't that what's great? Oh, it's great. So thanks for making your time and getting over here. And always. Mm-hmm. always I really always. appreciate it. So we'll jump right into it. And what I usually ask people is like, where does your story start? And we never want to blame addiction or how our life is on our past, but it is relevant. But for me, more pointedly, and in these interviews, I don't like to ignore the obvious question. You're Vidal Sassoon's daughter. How yeah. was that growing up? Did you know? Because, you know, whatever our life is, that's normal because that's all we know. Right. What, was a, it, what was it like? That's exactly it. So when I get asked that question, I say, well... Yeah. 
it was normal for me. Mm-hmm. And so, but because I'm able to stand almost behind myself and look in. At Were my, you back then though? Yeah, I feel like I was born with a sense of intuition and always asked why. And there's more and there's answers. And, and I could stand outside and look. But as a young girl, I had that, but I would always struggle with, okay, here I am in complete chaos and I have to find peace, which I feel like that's been for the last 46 years. Um, But growing up with all the moving parts, which is everybody's story, but there was a big life. Everything was big. The house was big. There's people were big. The lots was here. This was yeah. going on. The salon was big. The and you're commercials of no, I was born in New York, moved born. here when I was six months old. Okay, gotcha. So I was pretty much grew up in, in Beverly Hills. Yeah. Um and I didn't know any better. I did, however, have my nanny who who kept me safe mm-hmm. and gave me that sense of security and grounding that I think if I didn't have, I might end up like my sister who we lost to the disease. Right. Um, we'll talk about that. And uh, so, but you mentioned the chaos. You you sense the chaos. Well, because I, I, I today know that we are energy and we're energy trapped in this human form. And so I can relate it back to being a child that the energy all around me was heavy. It was mm-hmm. heavy. It was people who were just trying to figure out their way. Mm-hmm. No blame on my mother being a recovering alcoholic. And so that's what I got to see. I'm grateful for it. Um, and and dad a workaholic and mm-hmm. then sort of throwing off the dynamic of the family and they got divorced when I was seven. So this energy was just constant and it was flowing and there wasn't that, I don't know what, you know, I can't use the word normal because that, that doesn't make sense. Well, how did sense. you feel in all that? I felt lost. You felt lost. I felt lost. I felt alone and I was scared. Right. So even though it's our normal, we don't, we're not stoked. No. Right. You'd almost... You could almost argue like, well, if that's what you're used to, then why wouldn't you be stoked? But you felt lost. <laughs> you felt the chaos. Yeah. 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 And maybe someone who wasn't, you know, at this point in life awake or and becoming and constantly searching, which I was as a kid too, wouldn't feel that. But, mm-hmm. but you'd have to be really asleep not to. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's it was um, powerful. Yeah. And there's good to that too. Well, the reason I like to bring it up too is, is for example, um, you know, we get chatting online with people and, and I was friends with Chester Bennington and he passed away and people are like, how could you, you know, do that when you have everything? It's like, hmm. it, you just, you just mm-hmm. don't get it. And I think it's important. So like, I want to, I want them to have like fame become a diagnosis because it's so isolating. Amen. And when you have everything, you got the money and the beautiful wife and that, you know, it appears you have everything and you're still unhappy and or depressed and or addicted. Then what? Well, at some point I would imagine you're going to get to in this conversation between you and I, where I'm at today. And mm-hmm. just to slightly yeah. touch on that, I was recently in Hawaii Um and I'm sitting on the beach and I have my son and I have my friends and it's beautiful. And yet for a week, I woke up unhappy mm-hmm. and I'd sit on the beach and I would have this just pit in my stomach and I'm thinking, how is this happening? I I have been sober seven years. I seek and I search and I exercise and I put forward and I give and I'm constantly giving and... Uh, every healing modality you could possibly think of, I, I've either tried or consistently do. And mm-hmm. yet, 
and I'm on an antidepressant and an anti-anxiety medication, and that's not working. So I, I w- how is this possible? Yeah, I get it. You know, my friend who's a record producer, he says it's the default settings. Well, the reason is because <laughs> when you get music gear, it always comes with a default setting. But he's like, our default energy. settings are just a little off from other people. But regardless of how we compare to other people, it doesn't matter. That's how we feel. And I go through the same thing. I'm working for myself, doing rock recovery. Mm-hmm. I live in Laguna Beach and I'll wake up some days and I can do whatever I want. Sure, I have obligations. And I'm like, huh. mm-hmm. I had the corn gig and I would wake up every day. Like, gig of lifetime. Mm. Huh. Yeah. I remember going to take my morning urination and just be like, huh. yeah, what it was. What is that? Yeah. I don't know. Where now I'll wake up and I'll be like, okay, change your state. Don't mm-hmm. do that right now or do it, yeah. have a minute of it and then change it. Okay, so. So we got to take actions. Yes. And this is a great conversation because, you know, people are going to listen out there and so many of them are going to think, which I did too, you know, if I just, you know, get the nice car or if I, you know, get that girl or I get that house or, you know what, if I get a new leather jacket, I'll be so happy. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I lose like, that five pounds. I'll even be <laughs> yeah. happier. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. then that guy's going to ask me on a date and, oh, my God, he could possibly be the love uh-huh. of my life. And, oh, if he's the love of my life, then all my problems are yeah. solved. Yeah, yeah, yeah. None of that shit happens. No, it doesn't. It's like a crack hit. It makes you feel good. <laughs> I for never like, did that, but I can imagine. Yeah, it makes you feel good for, you know, you know a couple minutes. You're like, yeah. And then next thing you know, you need so, more crack. Yeah, it right. works just the same way. Yeah. So it's 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 runs through my life everywhere, which I, I would I'm going to say my, but I I would think everybody's life who's in this situation, whether it's the sugar, whether it's the flirting, whether it's the no matter what it is, there's never enough. And yet you get to a point. I've gotten to a point where I said, "When's enough enough?" And why am I not happy? I'm I don't want any of this. Mm-hmm. To sell this business, I have two of these Pilates studios. Do I need two businesses? Am I a businesswoman? Am I really a businesswoman? Is this why I've been placed on this earth? So I start to question my existence. And when I say that out loud, like I just did, people say, "Oh my God, she's da, da, da. no, no, no." Let me let me refrain and tell you that I'm safe. I'm not going to commit suicide. I am okay existing. But kind of like a why are we here? Definitely, thing. exactly. Why mm-hmm. there's more meaning. Mm-hmm. There's more meaning that I have to tap into that I'm here for a purpose. And if I'm yeah. not fulfilling that purpose, well, maybe that's why I'm not as as uh, fulfilled myself, right? Perhaps, yeah. And, and I like a quote I heard semi-recently, which is like, we're, our goal isn't to search for happiness, it's to find fulfillment. And from mm. fulfillment comes happiness. That, and for me- Thank you, you just answered my- <laughs> I, co- I correlate that to when we have fulfillment, you feel it in your heart and in your stomach and, and, it, and it like it, it like the energy mm. shoots out into happiness outwardly. Anyhow. I know that feeling. Yeah, so back, back but to- But too briefly. Mm. Back to right. So there's another <laughs> saying too, which is like we're not gonna, you know, however they say, it, but the, the concept is we're not gonna uh, hit happiness and stay there. It's really about stringing happy moments yeah, together. together. And when you were sharing your um, how you feel and you get sad or depressed or whatever, um, I was thinking maybe we're like other people in the sense we string happy moments together, but when we're not in those happy moments, our valley is a little deeper. deeper. Yeah, that makes Who sense. Who knows? Okay, so but back to the story. Okay, the story. we're going to run through, um, you know, how we get into the craziness over the next 10 minutes. So um, 
you're, you know, you're what, where, what age are we at? Where your parents are divorcing at seven. seven. Is that because of your mom's alcoholism? Uh, Yep. Well, that's what they say. But my dad was a, you know, OCD and, and work, 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 work. And if things weren't, you know, if you don't look good, we don't look good. So if his life didn't look the way that he wanted Mm. it and, and all for the reasons of his creation, you know, and he didn't know any better. Um, And at that time she wasn't fitting into that picture and they weren't. Were you, did you have that assessment uh, that perspective on it when you were a kid? Did you feel like he was abandoning mom for the wrong reasons somewhat? No, because... More hindsight kind be- of thing? But I remember her drinking all the time. Mm-hmm. So, and then when they got divorced, I spent more time with my mom, which I didn't understand how I got left with this behavior, but he went through a depression. So he sort of said, hey, take the kids, make sure that we have a nanny, we have a driver, we they're taken care of. And he had to heal. But in my mind, I'm thinking, this is... More chaos. You just left yeah. me with an alcoholic. And every night she's coming home and, you know, having been there, done that, we know what goes on. She was really loaded. Oh, she's yeah. She, she, and so how old are you at this time? That's seven, still seven. Yeah. When, when, and you're when noticing like this oh, isn't yeah. right. Oh, yeah. And so she's probably passing out at yeah. an early. Or I'd sleep in her bed because, of course, his kids sleep with mom. And then yeah. I'd be like, mom, 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 water, water. She'd take the glass and throw it on me. <laughs> I can laugh now. But as a kid, yeah. I was like, oh. Well, traumatic yeah, yeah yeah exactly traumatic and we talk about that a lot on the show too um people can have traumas and it doesn't even mean the parent or whomever did anything wrong but if you get a traumatic result from it well right? so that's it so sitting on this beach and coming home and realizing holy shit i've been sitting in post-traumatic stress for as long as i can remember mm. i'm not happy in i've the beach never in been Maui happy reason uh, recently yes you had this epiphany yes. yeah and I'm thinking, wow, it's 46 years that I've struggled to find happiness and I'm still, I can't find it. And it, mm. yes, I find the moments and I'm grateful for those moments. But this isn't, this isn't right. There's something here that I'm missing because I, there's way too much in me to give to not find that, that space to, to find the happiness to create the magic. Yeah. Because I can't create it from this anymore. Yeah. So some changes have to be made. Well, it's great, you know, and one hand I'm thinking are people at home going, oh, great. She's, you know, got this successful family and she's got seven years and she's still miserable. <laughs> I am uh, Yeah. <laughs> I am so after right now. Hey, I could be um really, you know, I'll tell you something. People reach out even this morning on DM and she said, I'm, thank you for sharing your implants. Blah, 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 blah. Cut to, I'm struggling with my alcohol. Mm. And I instantly got out of my head and in there with her and opened the conversation and was completely available and, and actually felt at ease and happy and, and did my job. Because you got out of self. Yeah. Right, right. So. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I totally get it. So we have to be honest, and I think we could argue that the reason we lose so many shockingly is because they're hiding and they're isolating and they're not opening mm. up and being honest. You yeah. Know? 
Um, and uh, what a, a scary, lonely, lonely, lonely place to be. Yeah. And what a great time we live in now where there's like, you know, campaigns like perfectly imperfect. There's rock recovery. Yeah. You're doing a uh, show and uh, we we're opening that forum. Yeah. Imagine, you know, and you hear stories about it back when I got sober in the seventies, you no know, it wasn't was cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but now it's like, it's, you know, there's a nice reception there for you for people that want to open up. Um, so, which is really, really, really important. I mean, it, it, we're still we're at a we, good time. Yeah, even. yeah, yeah. We, and think about it. We can we can sit here and have a podcast and commiserate together and talk about it <laughs> and yeah. have it be okay. And people listen like, totally. oh my god, thank you. And I'm like, hey, yeah. what else? Let's let's go deeper. Every you once know? in a while, one of my guests will hit me up afterward and go, they'll be like, oh no, I can't believe I said that. Uh, it's going out <laughs> to the public. I'm like, That's yeah. right. I get all into it. I, I'm with you. Well, I have enough articles out there where we used to drag bra uh, brag about our drug use in the band, and so there's still these like articles floating out in the internet. Oh, everyone so at least I, if I'm going to talk about drugs, I might as well talk about making out the other <laughs> side. Um, so, so I get, I you know, I think we get a good picture of what's going on. Dysfunctional family, and uh, you're probably taking on a lot of hurt. You know, feeling unsupported. Completely. And I have a, I had this the sister who was five years older than me and she started using, um, I think she was 12 or 13 and she was married at the age of 15 and a half. Um, you know, she lived a full nine lives by the time she passed at 34. Um, and, and so as a young girl watching that, it'd be your older sister and having to step into this sort of younger child, youngest child role with four kids and like, how do I fix this family? How do I keep mm. them together? How do I do this with being lonely? Like, where do I find the safety of it all? Like, it was a puzzle and all the pieces were flying everywhere and I had to just bring yeah. them back and try to put this together. Yeah. Um, it, How'd you get by? How'd you cope before you used? I what? cried a lot. Cried a lot? I ate. By yourself? I hid food. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah? Food felt really good, which caused, up until today, um, some body dysmorphia and still using food to cope and and definitely did that's... you ever have a weight problem or anorexia or bulimia or anything i think i uh no i never had was bulimic um anorexia only when people would pass i'd, I'd stop eating because i couldn't get the food in mm. that's when i lost my sister mm. and my best friend and you know my dad but but that would always pass um no i really would use food if anything i would indulge overindulge and then hate myself Mm -hmm. Um, but while I was indulging, oh, it's like this. this yeah, it's a high. I'm happy. Yeah. Just leave me here, and I don't have to talk to you, and then I don't have to go be flirtatious. So you don't have to judge me, and if you don't judge me, I'm safe. But in the other world, I gotta go be perfect. Yeah. And there's too much pressure in that. So then that's where I would be like, oh, well, then I can drink, and then I'm really outside of myself. And no, I don't really care if you're judging me because I don't even know what you're saying. So, <laughs> and tomorrow I'm not gonna remember you. And you know, this is this is good. This is happy. Yeah. I mean, what? A lot of people use food. Yeah. And I like how you just spoke about you had the mask and especially we all have the mask, right? Yeah. You have to walk in and pretend whatever with your boss and put on that. But yeah. we also have the other mask, which is, which is pretending oh, everything's okay when it's yeah. not. And I, I'm still guilty of that. I got to say, because there's that fine line of, of I do tell the truth and I t tell people where I'm at and how I get through it and all the whatever experience in life I'll share and really go deep with someone else. But then there's these fine lines that, that I don't. And I'm like, okay, it's good. It's coming out, whether you share it or not, it's coming out. And I, I literally, again, like hit that wall where, all right, 
It's all coming out. Yeah. Cameras and all are going to follow that journey and that's it. There's no turning back. And when you see that truth, that's it. What's it? That, <laughs> exactly. What's it? Not the truth I think that is the truth and the reality I live in today, which is a made up version of the past. But this present moment, I, I can tell you what this is and how I feel right now. But there's no future that exists besides my past. Oh, you're getting into some Joe Dispenza stuff, oh, right? I love that guy. <laughs> love it. Um, okay. So, yeah, I get, yeah, the mask. We wear it and we, and what I'm picking up on is, Mine's and I off. do the same thing. I'm all out here, and I had I learned this in relationships. I'm all out here thinking I'm Mr. Authentic. I'll talk about deep stuff and my sexual abuse and all that. But I have these little pockets mm -hmm. that I don't even realize realize are mm -hmm. there of inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's important to get there. Yeah. So, I mean, so when did you start drinking? What age? Oh my God, I, uh, I was fourteen, fifteen when I took my first drink. I was a really good girl because I saw my sister and all of her friends be really. You're bad trying girls. to be the control. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they were out there. Your generation. You're yeah, mm -hmm. fifty, fifty-one, fifty. I am 34, <laughs> and clearly on the contract you signed before you came in here, it says if you mention my age. That's we, I can I, Google you right now. It'll talk. I know, but what I did is I put, uh, you want the authenticity? <laughs> I put different ages out uh, all the time so nobody <laughs> What? It's, because it it's only traumatic. leads. traumatic. Why? It only leads to ageism. Okay. But I'm saying at the point <laughs> it's where It's like my you... private information. Should should I go tell somebody, hey, one time I was bankrupt? Hey, should I tell somebody, yeah, hey, one time this, somebody these are the little pockets tried to we sodomize can't hide, me? Because what it's, does it matter? It's all, look. Well, it's you all just told me. It's all private information. <laughs> I, that's, I've had many stances on this. Now, when I've hit my, private. my- What's private? You're on Facebook. I feel great. <laughs> and my life's never been better. But it's nobody's business how old I am, and that's where I am right now. That's okay, okay, okay. Because what it, you're thirty five. Here's why. Here's why. Because if I tell somebody the age, it's for them. No, I was just trying to get a. a I get that. I totally get that. You're right. No, like you're right. I like that. Right now, it's like what, that. who needs to know. You need to know why you. Why do you need to know my age? Are you carding me? Are you selling me beer, or <laughs> or, or is this a retirement plan? No. <laughs> None of it irrelevant. Just know me for who I am. But wait, I was making right the there. point of my sister's generation being your generation. So you guys did like blow. You did all these drugs that I didn't do or get oh, I into. Did many so, drugs. Yeah. So I watched them and I was like, they're crazy. I'm not doing that. Yeah. But I'll take this drink at 15 and go. Psh, haywire like everyone's like who's this girl i'm like i should have figured that the heckle and jide when it started like the literally the first drink that that should never happen again but what well, what did you get wacky i just was totally out of you know that sort yeah. of sad i'm gonna fix the world um what's wrong with you know i was wild just wild and fun and right no inhibition gate? oh yeah Compl when you say no inhibition what do you mean well that got it was uh, were you promiscuous at a young age you know, I can answer that question, but I'll tell you when I got sober, that was my first thing. Like, how am I going to do this? And I've had well, no problem. Sure so maybe at every age I'm promiscuous. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, learning to <laughs> Go make ahead, love, it. learning to make love. <laughs> not, I, yeah, I relied on being drunk. If I yeah. was on a date, it was like, honey, we're getting drunk before we do this. Oh, yeah. And that's how it was. Yeah. And then it was, yeah. But so, so, okay, how long until it got crazy right out of the gate is what you're saying? 15. Well, so my best, at the time, Alex Avon, a friend of mine. And you didn't like, have supervision. No, no a, my mom was home, like, yeah, I and your dad's drinking, out and my dad didn't and know. And... I didn't have anyone. 
We so it's crazy out do, the gate. Remember Black Market, Off the Wall, all the fun clubs. I'm 15. I'm going to all these clubs. Oh, yeah. And growing up. And in, people are like, that's Ian Sassoon. Yeah. Get her right in. <laughs> and I'm right? like, well, I don't know who they are, but let's go. Let's have fun. Although yeah. we all, Brent and everybody, you know, the Bolt House days. Oh, yeah. Yeah. House, the good, yeah. the good fun days. And mm-hmm. and it just, just got better and more fun. Okay. Until it didn't. Until it, until. What was the first times you remember it turning dark? Oh. Where you're like, uh uh-oh. You know, love. Love, alcohol, and Eden don't mix. I don't know that you can call it love. Whatever term, choose one. Love, you mean boys. Yeah. You drinking with (laughs) boys you like. Don't go, yeah. (laughs) Or relationships. I've experienced that a few times, like me and a girl, and and it was her, I swear. I swear. Hey, yeah, I, not you. So listen, we're throwing a song right now. <laughs> so we're going to do, and we're going to talk about when Eden starts getting to the darker days of our using. Um, this was the, you're going with that, the the one song. So these were in the the darker yeah. days in my later days before I got sober. So we're going to play Mumford and Sons after the storm, right? Yeah. And so why did you pick this song? Why is you said, well, I'll just say you said you used to listen to this and cry. Mm-hmm. Because my dad was dying mm. and I couldn't get out of my disease. But drinking didn't help any anymore. It didn't no. didn't do enough. No, it couldn't take me away. It couldn't keep me there. It couldn't it couldn't it couldn't do anything. I mean, I got to escape for a minute, but I'd wake up and he was still dying. Mm. And what was what was he dying from? He had um, lymphatic leukemia, mm. and they gave him ten years, and he lasted ten years. And I learned many great lessons. But at the end of the day, how old were you during this man? Um, when he well, he passed when I was thirty nine. So twenty nine. Um. Yes. When you first heard about t- that? Well, he didn't tell me till I was thirty three. Ah. Uh. And he asked me some some questions. So, what do you want to do with your life? Meanwhile, looking back, I'm like, holy shit, he asked me, what do I want to do with my life? Sitting across from me in his robe, knowing that he was going to die in the next seven to ten years. Mm. And I had no idea. Now, that's pretty profound. Mm-hmm. And to put on that sort of, no, it's okay. Everything's everything's okay. I'm not dying. But I want to make sure, what are you going to do with your life? I don't know, Dad. I just want to be happy. <laughs> yeah. But I got right into opening my first business. Hmm. And drank it all, and drank it all. Thank God I had a partner, because someone had to pick up the pieces. She's a soul sister. So in this time, when you're going through all this, you would put on... I would put on the song and listen to it, and the lyrics... I'm a very big on lyrics and, and the yeah. music with it. Big, big, big. And um, it's it's like after the storm. Basically, like I, I always saw myself as a young girl on this mountain, trying to get up the mountain, but... At the end, you will how to learn to to love you, but that they're all going to go away. And if you don't love yourself, that that's still that deep. They being the boys or just everybody. My dad at this yeah, point. Yeah, dad. Um, it's it all goes away, and I'm stuck with me. And if I can't love myself, no one else is going to be able to love me. Mm. Cut to death and real loss. So it was a whole bunch of just sounds pretty insightful. (laughs) No, really, you know what I mean. It wasn't just a "woe is me" thing. It was kind of it was some deeper insight. Yeah, I I tend to to go on the deeper insight with with uh, 
with everything. My son's always like, why do you listen to these sad songs? I'm like, listen to the lyrics. Don't you feel that? Listen to what this, and I always like take it, oh, that person wrote it as if there isn't like 10 people writing it together, but who knows? I I find it just to, to, to be able to feel something that comes from someone else's lyrics to added to music, to the energy and how it can shift the, the, the form of, of who we are to mm-hmm. me is whew, so Magic. powerful. Yeah. I mean, I think our souls so are music. I really do. Cause mm. we are energy and music mm. is literally frequency. So mm. here we are on rock to recovery with the beautiful, lovely, talented Eden Sassoon. And this is Bumford and Sons after the storm. And after the storm I run and run as the rains come And I look up I look up On my knees and out of luck I look up Night has always pushed up day Okay, time for a quick break, and we're going to come right back. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So here we are back on Rock to Recovery. I'm your host, Wes Gear, recorded live at KX93.5 FM, Laguna's only FM station. We are talking to my dear friend, Eden Sassoon, talking about the reality of growing up in a very successful family with an alcoholic mother, a father who at this point of our story is uh, found out he has cancer, has got seven years to live your older sister was battling addiction and you're starting to get loaded now and she had passed at this point she mm. passed in 02 january 1st 02 mm. she didn't wake up and the day before she wanted to come out on new year's eve with me and i said Pff. so back then we had answering machines and i listened to the message and because she kept talking and talking and talking and i literally pushed delete before i could hear the end of her message and that was the end of our story Whoa. Wait, you heard that message without realizing she had passed yet? No, she was still alive, so it was December 31st, probably around 3 in the afternoon, 2 in the afternoon. She's asking you to hang out? That night to go out on New Year's Eve. And she passed? That night. On New Year's Eve? Yeah. So, I mean, she had a lethal dose of dilated and alcohol and cocaine in her system, so I don't know if it was intentional or, to me it seems, but... Seems what? 
she, she didn't have she she didn't have the light in her anymore. I think mm. whether she knew it or not, mm-hmm. that was the goal, and what a way to go out on New Year's Day. But I know that she wasn't feeling well, and her ex husband put her down in bed as opposed to brushing her to mm. get help. Um, so there's mixed messages and stories, and yeah. But I try to just be at peace with. She wasn't made or capable of doing this life, and that's okay and if you know then it leads into okay well was she did she have real mental she needed help and then you know in the past I would say she's not on the right medication and now I'm actually getting off my medication from depression good for you thank you um so you know I have mixed feelings like then then she really couldn't couldn't cope unless we got some serious 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 healing and that takes a lot of will and a lot of energy and a lot of want and seeking and ready to be confronted with some deep truths it's tragic when we lose people no doubt but there's this other thing i'd like to propose that i'm not making this up but like they say our souls choose our host when we come mm-hmm. here you know like you said, she didn't have that light anymore. We're sad when we lose somebody, but maybe they get out and they're on the other side going, thank God, that sucked. 100%. You know what I mean? 100%. And uh, I, who are we to say it's wrong? I now agree. it's, I mean, yeah, you could, we lose so many amazing people and we don't want to lose people we shouldn't lose. I get that, but we don't know what it's like for them no. on the other side. I'm not saying everybody should go OD or commit suicide, but, we, uh, but no, we, you're right. You know, maybe her soul was like, and you know, it's God's will. And she's I, out. I heard it on my way back to town in, in, uh, for Thanksgiving. I heard it in her voice. She had no hope. There mm. was no light. There will was has nothing. a lot to do with it. it, it there was nothing. There like was in nothing. The old, in elderly people, you could tell yeah. when they're just when they like, give it up. Yeah, yeah. There's like, I'm done. So, yeah. yeah. They, they yeah. lose a fight. So, uh, yeah. So she maybe was just tired. And, and that's okay. I, You know, I I get it. I get those moments where, but I got fight. I got that will. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm going. I'm going. I'm keeping going. I got the kids. I mean, she had three kids. She had a full life, but she just mm. didn't have it anymore. And, and so be it. But what do you, what do we get from that? You know, we're still here. Yeah. Well, we get to live. We, we get, get to have hurt. these conversations. We get to hurt too. And to I process do, and feel. Right. And I don't know that I ever have. And, and mindfully, I can process people passing and and i kind of keep their energy and spirits alive and with me and i think at this point people we lose depending on the situation we we're more hurt by people who are present and living oh man yeah (laughs) you know than than losing people and and being at ease it's we as humans kind of create the story in our mind and fight 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 no they're here and oh i'm okay let's stop let's stop they're right. They're here. You just can't see them, and you can't talk yeah, to them. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I have some crazy stories. We could go into that yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Um. So you said, uh, okay, your sister passed. You said when um people would pass, you would stop eating. Did you notice that your whole lifestyle, as that's, far as addiction, and everything, got just way worse? Yeah, and that's also when I started my antidepressant. Mm. I had a stomach pain. Literally for two years, and they did endos. Every doctor did everything to find it, and there was no way. And finally, hmm. like I couldn't get, I couldn't get out of my bed. That's how bad my anxiety was, and the tears. And this is my first sort of encounter with real death. Mm-hmm. Um, and my best friend was dying. And at your the same sister time. too. It's yeah. not like a grandma, you know, who's like right. ninety. Right. It was. It, it was 
my sister and mm-hmm. it was Darren with cancer and the same thing at the same time. And I just sort of couldn't grasp reality. And so when I finally got to my, my therapist and he said that here, you need this medication, you will feel better. I was so desperate that I would have done anything. Sure. And I got on Lexapro and, and I have to say it, it did. My stomach aches, they went away. Hmm. They masked the problem and hmm. they've masked the, the problem up until today. And even after seven years of sober, you know, it's time to, to take that Lexapro away. Ooh, I can't wait to talk about that. Whew. We're going to save that a little bit Yeah, for a little bit because I love talking about meds and I have some opinions and obviously I they save lives. And, yes. So I. But but there's it's also for, for mm. addicts, alcoholics is a dangerous road. But we'll talk about that in a second. Um, so, yeah, what I want to know is... Um, I don't know really where we are in the story. We're talking about I know, about it's all over the place. <laughs> it's I'm all right. sorry. We're, no, no, we're doing great. This is a great interview. I'm really digging it. I, um, um, very moving, very authentic. That's what I love about it. Um, so let's talk about- How can people be do, having an interview with you and talking about this and not being authentic? Does that happen? Uh, well, I think these moments are authentic moments. Yes, some are more authentic than others. Some interviews I really find myself having to dig because people, you know, some of it is- How vulnerable they're able to be. Well, some of it is that they don't want to expose certain things for Mm. sure. But others is like you're saying, it's like an ability. Like some people haven't learned how to feel that deeply. And it's not a judgment. It's really how it is. We all know those people where you want to, well, let's talk deeper about this. Uh, No, I'm good. I'm good. You know, so- it's a, it's a, capacity. I have a daughter like that. <laughs> mm. Serious. I do. It, yeah. Take, it's a, it's a skill to really be able to learn how to go deep. I mean, even when in the beginning of rock recovery, I'm hiring all my guy friends. I was, I was raised where you didn't really tell guy friends, nice things. Now we're like, I love you. Yeah, oh, that yeah, shirt looks great on you. <laughs> hair, you're so handsome. We would have never said that. Right. So for me, I had to learn that in recovery, yeah. you know? Yeah. Kind of get rid of that yeah. ego. Those pants fit you real good there. Uh, <laughs> they look good on you there. To, uh, yeah. Anyhow. You guys, are, you guys are all like that. I love it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's that bonding. And you know what? That Well, that's a whole other topic. So let's, let's talk stay. about, so so you got on Lexapro, you had a little bit of relief and then not too a, much longer. But what idiot, and sorry, I'm, no, talking, okay. I'm talking to myself here, but everyone does this. So what idiot drinks alcohol, a depressant on Lexapro, an antidepressant? Like, hello. Well, my brain's going, why the heck wouldn't you? There's no logic. <laughs> what, you're, <laughs> you're a heavy drinker, if not an alcoholic, and now you've found the thing that's going to solve your problem. Yeah, but I'm still Lexapro. drinking on top of it, so I'm counteracting what it's supposed sure, to do. Sure. How many stories do we hear where there's somebody doing blow and whiskey and all these drugs and stuff, and they go into the doctor and they're like, I'm so depressed, and they get an antidepressant. <laughs> right? It's like- It's, hello, right. fly. So I'll just touch on this part of my story with my reference to drugs. When okay. I went to rehab, they wanted to put me on all this stuff. And yeah. I was like, and this I almost don't take credit for. It's like a higher self thing. Mm. I was like, wait, wait, wait. I came here to get off drugs. I don't want to be on uh, gabapentin yeah. and amphetamine, which is what? Yeah, amphetamine, all of them. Which is what's the well the, of Rutrin. No, uh, what's the one? Pentamine? No, the, the AD, ADHD. Oh, the... Adderall, Adderall, thank you. They're like, you need Adderall. I'm like, I'm I'm getting (laughs) They go, they go, you need Adderall. I go, I came in here for tweak. Why are you trying to put me on amphetamines? (laughs) Yeah. Let me get off everything. Let me get off everything (laughs) for a month or two. And if I'm struggling, I'll come back and see. Good for you for saying that. Anyhow. But we'll touch more on that later. So you're still partying and then 
tell me what your father passes. When does it? No, go this to- was all my sister passed in 02, got mm-hmm. uh, the, the stomach, the antidepressants. This is 02, 03, 04. Uh, had a kid in 05, got, got married in 04, had a kid in 05, 06. This was opening my Pilates, first Pilates studio. So you're kind of hanging. Coping, drinking in a miserable marriage, mm-hmm. realizing that this isn't happening. I picked a a, a really good another OCD like my father, but an alcoholic like myself, and yet he's managing his life great and mine because I couldn't. Mm. And then when I started to start to become a managing functioning alcoholic, I was like, "Dude, you're out. <laughs> you're mm. the first to go. Mm. This isn't working." Well, sick people don't date healthy people. Right? It doesn't really work and that way. We've had this talk. I'm mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I hate to tell you, Tomer, but I love you. Um, and now it's interesting. The tables have turned a little. Um, why am I always like the sick one? And I'm not. Maybe sick people are really healthy and healthy. Maybe people we just really- call it challenged. <laughs> I've been a little challenged. We all have been challenged. I, that's fair. I'm, I love it. Yeah. This is the beauty of the experience of the, the ride. We're doing the work. Yeah. Some people are challenged and they ain't going to do nothing. No. But okay, so Not you're me. in a dysfunctional marriage. You had a couple kids. Well, I mean, you you're you only can give what you've had, right? Or what? in that moment the i've only seen dysfunction like we talked mm-hmm. about like the chaos the chaos yeah. the chaos the cheating the dysfunction the da 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 da, da. so of course i'm going to just recreate my past so yeah. of course i'm going to turn into an alcoholic like my mother i'm going to marry a man and get divorced like my parents i'm going to have a couple kids and they're going to go back and forth to homes and have a broken family like i did i mean mm-hmm. i'm just gonna they say we date our parents yep <laughs> was yeah. your husband like your dad yeah he still is like, yeah. he judges me. If I saw you on the streets, I'd give you a dollar. I'm like, oh, you're an ass. And he's like, why don't you learn how to spell? Why don't you know the difference between your and your? I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> why don't I just ask you to help me? Like, you know, he's the type where, hey, do you need help with the kids' schools? Well, you can't write an essay. I'm like, you're absolutely right. So do you want to do it? I wish you would do something, Eden. Oh, <laughs> that shame, type of a little guy. shame. A little bit, yeah. Downs. Yeah. So Was your I, father like that? Uh, In his own way? Yes, 100%. Yes, hundred percent. But yeah. I don't know that he had the wherewithal like Tomer does to realize, you know, because because I didn't have he he got put in an orphanage at the age of a five. Mm. So I don't think he did it to sort of put that stab in you. Yeah, he just kind of. And was... and you know what we've been talking about lately with my buddy is because I'm hypercritical and we've been Me talking too. about being real with your feelings. Yeah. And so we've been talking about how judgmental we are of people. Yeah. And now there's people at home going, oh, you're judgmental. No, no. Everybody's judgmental and everybody, yeah. and I don't know because I only know my brain, you walk by somebody in the street and you're like, look at that stupid. It's this weird you thing pick, we got. Mm-hmm. But the reason I know I'm like that is because that's what I say to myself half the time. So it comes out on other people. I'm really hard on other people. Completely, right? And for some of it's like a coping mechanism because I felt so unlovable. So I had to be perfect. So anyhow. Same thing. Same and, thing. I'm, and, I'm. Yeah. And your father was had it came from an orphanage. You could argue that his uh, coping mechanism, his winning formula was just that I got to be perfect, perfect and excel. And, and change the world at the same time. Change the world. Yeah. And, and the idea of beauty. And what can we do? And shapes. And I i mean, he was an outside thinker. And then he was really, he did teach me one of my most valuable lessons is, you know, you'd go to your parents and complain and whine, and whatever, BS. And he would always just say, just go do something for someone else. Wow. Which is good and bad, too, because I would then start to get into the, that I'm going to do access service, access service. And then I start to forget about, all right, what's going on 
with back you, here. Yeah. That you got to process, yeah. that you got to feel. So I would just beat myself up, work harder, get lose weight, get on that treadmill. But I mean, it was just like if, oh, if again, the whole go back to the food, let's go back to the food. Mm. So when I was able to, that's when I had to shut it down. I had to stop eating when I would lose someone because I would go numb. And to get to that heartfelt space, I couldn't shove more food in it. Mm. And alcohol in there because I couldn't feel. So mm-hmm. I was like, what am I feeling? I'm not going to process this. So I would literally go to like We Care where they don't feed you and they detox you to be able to feel and process. Whoa. So so let's talk about when your father passed, how it was for you. You know, I think maybe that's where I'm at in life because I, it was... I don't know how I got through it. I don't know how at the same time I was in my very depth of the bottom of my drinking to losing the man that I loved my whole life that didn't love me how he knew how to, Mm -hmm. which is why I've been single for seven years, not blaming him, but because I don't have the tools. And yet at the same time, I had a two and a half year relationship going on with another alcoholic and two weeks after my father passed he left Hmm. and at this point so you got a divorce and then now you're with a new guy but this guy's alcoholic and you're together a couple years your father passes and everything's ripped out from underneath me yeah and then the other guy left Left. too how soon after your father passed? two weeks two weeks two weeks man we sat shiva for a week and then a week later he was out gone just gone and i'm thinking any man as I knew it that I loved, they're gone besides my son. Yeah. But he couldn't leave. He can't cry. How'd that feel for you? <laughs> yeah. I'm just now going to dive into that and find answers and bring all that up because I haven't been able to really. You haven't processed it. No. no. So did you just and start I, getting more loaded? I drank, my, I drank for another six months really heavily and then woke up. Mm-hmm. And that whole day just got out of bed heard dad and jesus talking and i could see them in my closet and they were kind of back and forth bickering but it was the energy coming on me and my dad's voice and i could hear them and hear them i'm like okay okay i'm gonna just go on the mountain i'm gonna hike i'm gonna walk through this i'm gonna walk through this i'll be better i'll be better i got on the mountain crying just like the pain was so heavy um and yet i'm doing this all to myself (laughs) and and just started walking through it and was like, oh, okay, it's easing up, easing up and walked into this woman who's in the program. She's like, and we started just, I walked past her and she's like, nice shoes, which was a kind of like a, my shoes were a symbol. I would wear different colors and my mood and hikes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I had an addiction to Nike. Mm-hmm. And I came back up and, you know, when you kind of just fall, it falls into place. I sort of started walking with her and we just got into deep conversation. And she said she was a therapist and she works on, women with eating disorders. I said, oh, I think I have an eating disorder. Mm. She's like, I'm like, I definitely have body dysmorphia. And she's like, but I don't know if she smelt the alcohol or could just, she knows from, yeah. from her own experience. We think we're hiding it. Yeah. And she's like, I think you might need to maybe get some AA in you before we get you to uh, talk about your body. Mm. I'm like, yeah. whoa, where did that come from? And we hugged and we bonded and I started to walk away and I'm crying. I'm like, okay, five o'clock is going to be in a couple of hours. <laughs> I'll be better. Really had that thought. Went down. What was five o'clock? The meeting? I'll, no, drink. Oh, okay. 
Drink I'm time. like, it's going oh, this will this will all p- didn't happen. Tomorrow mm. we'll be here. Mm-hmm. I'll get through tonight. But that's not what happened. I went to the country mart and I ran into Nick Wallace and bam, I looked at him in the dead in the eye and I said, oh, I'm ready. And he's like, You're ready? And we knew what we were talking about. He goes, mm. You're ready. Like right now. I said, Yeah, hold on, give me a minute. And I called my ex husband. Can you watch the kids? He said, I can't have a meeting. I'm like, What? I'm trying to get sober. Yeah, right. He now. didn't care. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, Okay, I can't. He, Nick goes, Get off. Let's go. He took me right up. It was two o'clock, two o'clock in the afternoon meeting. And that was it. That was the end of the game until today. Amazing. All right. Whoa. And I looked at the clock. It was four, 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 four. Look at that. That was magical. Mm-hmm. Do you know that four, four, the fours is the time the angels are. I present. thought that was my 11, 11. Well, that too. <laughs> uh, so we're going to throw in, thank you for sharing, by the way. So we're here on Rocked Recovery with Eden Sassoon. And she's just, wow. What a, what a incredible story. And, you know, we're talking about how you lost your sister to an OD, your father to cancer, you know, lost a couple of relationships and now you're getting sober. So we're going to throw in your other song. And your other song is by somebody called NF, which, okay, cool. Right on. And it's called If You Want Love. And so why did you pick this song in relation to how you feel in, in recovery life, recovered vibes? It's, I, you know, he sounds a lot like, like Eminem to me, but it's this white young rapper and you could hear and feel his, his pain. So I resonate with it. And it's, mm-hmm. and he's talking when you say, if you want love, which is the one thing I've always looked for and haven't mm-hmm. been able to really grasp. And even yet, thus far, you mean as, grasp? I haven't been able to let someone love me. I haven't okay. put it all down. I don't know how to swallow that. Mm-hmm. And I can't, I can't, it just, I, I, I start to hyperventilate, I start mm. to freak out and I feel trapped and there's no way out. And I don't even know what that looks like. The mm. one person that loved me was my nanny and she unconditionally loved me. So I have a sense of what that feels like, but anybody else forget. You got some, you got some more work to do yeah. on that, on that stuff. Yeah. All right. And so in his lyrics, as you will hear, he's always, if you want love, you're going to have to like kind of deal with the pain. And if you want mm. to love, if you want to trust, then you're going to have to be able to trust and you're going to have to give that. And I'm like, oh. You're like, that me. <laughs> yeah. And it talks about just, it's a really sort of get deeper into the lyrics and, and it takes you to these far off places of thinking deep. Dig it. Here we are in Rock to Recovery with Eden Sassoon. This is If You Want Love by NF. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break right now, and we'll be right back. I just need some time. I'm trying to think straight. I just need a moment. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Wes Gear. We're back here on Rock to Recovery. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, who is just laying it down with the authenticity, beautiful, talented Eden Sassoon, chronicling her story growing up as 
the daughter of, v- of Vidal Sassoon and losing her sister to an early overdose and her mom being an alcoholic, her father dies. And we're now at the point of the story where um, after a couple broken relationships, you finally got into the rooms and you found recovery. Thank God. And that's why we're here today. So tell me what was key for you in the beginning there. Because was that your first and only sobriety date? No. Um, when I was 30, when I got, <laughs> should have known I got married sober. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, I, I, we, we split up our relationship mm-hmm. before we got married. We had a date and everything. And I'm like, where we called it off. I called it off. And then I got sober. And in my sobriety at that moment, I had a foggy state <laughs> of, mm-hmm. I wanted him back and I can do this sober. Well, that didn't work. Okay. But I so tried. that was the first time. That was the first time. So in this time, what was... So you went chasing the guy, and but in this time, married what, him, had a couple kids, you know, you know. <laughs> I asked him to marry me the second time. It worked. It was really and you're fun. Like, I am such a progressive yes. woman. <laughs> I can be the man. I'll Did show you. Did you get on one knee? Are <laughs> we just that, like? By the way, honey, I jumped out of the bushes with a box after he read oh a letter. Gosh. He was golfing, and I surprised him. Wow, go Eden. Um, <laughs> so I love it. There's so many little uh, side chapters we it could go so down. Fun, yeah. That's cool. Um, so let's talk about what was key for you in getting and staying sober the second time. And maybe if you could say like what you did different than the first time that helped you stay sober. I was done. I was broken. I didn't have any anything to turn to. But I knew that I... But now, let, just for the listeners, safe to say, you, you got money in your bank account yes, from your yes. career and Financially, family and I was, You're fine. So, if, so, so when let's you say you had say, nothing left... Meaning within me, my heart, my soul, I was just empty. I was mm-hmm. empty. I didn't know what to do. And no amount of money was going to fill that up. And no mm-hmm. another business wasn't going to fill it up. And, and love, I didn't even know what that meant. Yeah. So that wasn't going to work anymore. And I knew that if I didn't take this alcohol away, then none of these other things were going to change. And let's not forget, I had two children. Mm-hmm. And if I didn't get What my, ages are they at this at point? At this point, they were um, four and three mm-hmm. or, f- or four and five. Well, that's other. cool. Yeah, well, they really, were young. You don't remember much before yeah, five. Yeah, they so. were young enough to uh, to forget. So maybe yeah. it was five and six, right around there, right? But the the I got the golden spot, thank God, because I was thinking I was raised like this, and I'm actually yeah. doing the same thing to them as was done to me. This is not okay. Yeah. So it just it I I came to and. Thank you, Nick Savalas, for taking me to the rooms, for taking me to my first meetings, and for everyone in AA who wrapped their arms around me mm-hmm. and just was like, we got this. Mm-hmm. And I did the work, and I did the steps, and I and I do them again, but I'm going to do another step. Um, and the first year, I was in there every day, and it wasn't easy. And I don't know if it was... Be- I don't, I, there was so much grief of having to let go of not only you know a, a parent, but a relationship and my best friend, my alcohol, who was my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And so how do you juggle all that? Like, who, what's real? A lot of mourning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, really. I was mourning my loss of my friend, Jack Daniels. Yeah. I was literally felt That's like I what... broke up with my love of my life. Right? It's a bum out. Whew. And so how'd you so get I by? Turned, you did... I was smoking cigarettes, and then mm-hmm. someone saw me smoking and was like, hey, you're your dad's daughter you're the pillar of hell though yeah i'm sober 
You're like, and, hey, it's Vianal Sassoon, not Jack the <laughs> Jack Lalane. Chill out. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I owned a couple of Pilates studios. Yeah. So yeah. here I am, like, sm- so I quit smoking. Yeah. You know, get tell me and I'll do it. But um, Were all you of on it just, psych meds during that time. I was still on my medication. I'm still on my medication. Lexa, Lexapro. Lexapro from prior to before you. Got I went sober. off it once, still drinking. Dad was dying. Mm-hmm. Bad timing. Yeah. And horrible. Bam! It hit me. Plus, I'm you like, should medically wean. Yeah. yeah. Well, you probably. Just I didn't know it. all that. So you're still on it. You're in your seventh year, and you're struggling a little bit. Lately, you feel you're in Hawaii, which I can relate to. I go to Hawaii and it takes me a day or two to actually be stoked. I'll go. I was just there like you a week yeah, before you, you were there before. And I was there and I was like, yeah, so what? Mm. Tropical waters. Mm. Who cares? Right. I, and it's, it's like yeah. amazing. Yeah. Everything is amazing. Um. So. No. So you, we, we were talking at the top of the show about how you're struggling um, you know, being happy and you've acknowledged you want to do some deeper work. By the way, I'm going to talk to you about some work my friend does and I will say it on air. Please. Core energetics because mm. it's about moving energy. Mm. It's deeper than a therapy where you talk about it. It's literally you go in and find mm-hmm. there's that statement that the injured you wants to make and we often don't know what it is. We kind of know. Kind of know. And I found some, one, some stuff in there was like, why won't you love me? I have this five-year-old in there. Anyhow, yeah, no, nothing, I'm, nothing crazy, but it's about moving that energy. Yeah. So core energetics. I just want to say that for people to hear it. it. I've been watching people have incredible results. I'll tell you, I've done a lot of different work like that, and it it does. It's very helpful, very, very, very helpful. And this is why I come to okay, hold on, you do this work, and you're still up against it, and you're still running into the same wall. How are you going to get these answers? So now you want to do ayahuasca? I'm not just going to do ayahuasca. I'm checking myself into a holistic sanctuary and it's six weeks where they detox off the two medications I'm on, which I've started and I can feel the detox and it's not comfortable. Um, I'm strong. I then will do be on a plant-based diet. I will do hyperbaric every day. I will do three to five hours of, of vitamin drip and, and other things that are happening. I will do infrared sauna. I will do yoga. I will do meditation. I will do um, dead sea cell baths. I will do uh, coffee enemas three times a day. I mean, they clean the your enema. they clean your gut. Mm-hmm. They clean you from the sugars, from all the white food. They get you totally clear until you're sleeping well at night and your body's sort of functioning without this medication. And then, yes. So you're doing this to get off... I was I literally didn't even know that part of the program was the holistic plant medicines. So I saw I was like, well, I'm coming, I'm detoxing, mm. I'm getting all this sugar, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and I get to go on and what? That was something I like. Maybe one day I'll do. No, because I know that I will be confronted. You're talking about ayahuasca. I'm talking about yeah. ayahuasca, yes. And so- then at this point I will take a few journeys and i've i'll be honest because we're going to be authentic i've thought about it yeah but it's like my friend who like one guy said well you're just produced a major film can't you have a beer now and he's like why would i risk it for a beer because i've thought about it and i think ayahuasca you don't hear it's like a party you hear some heavy stuff goes on but i had to resolve for me why risk it now i get it if one is desperate for deeper healing but it doesn't make you immune. I know a gentleman who died. I won't name his name, but he kept chipping away at like, where can I go? And he did ayahuasca and, and it ended up 
He passed. He, he died not from ayahuasca, but because like, <laughs> because when well we we talk about alcoholism, funny, yes. we talk about alcoholism yeah. and what happens when we break that seal where yeah. we're changing the way we feel. Yes. It can lead to that allergy where we, we want more, more, more. So then yes. it becomes like, well, I'll just smoke a little weed, oh, 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 you know, no. or whatever. So. Well, so my thing was always uh, just drinking. I don't have, I have never had an issue with, besides Luxboro and antidepressants, but uh, with pills or taking anything to like es- escape in that sense. So I'm really You know how many times in- people say that they don't, you know, they, they find a problem because we're, if, if we're alcoholics, we never had a problem with that because we never did that. But if we're trying not to drink and then we do that, it becomes a problem. You know oh, yes. Mean? But I don't choose. I'm not going to do this so I'm able to drink after the fact. I'm going to do this to really be faced and ask questions that I can't get to without the plant medicine. And the plant medicine will then also go up and reset the serotonin that was just taken out mm-hmm. of my brain and my physical being. And then actually go on and do the, the big daddy plant and it will reset the dopamine in my brain. And so, I mean, the more research I'm doing. And again, I, I, I committed to this before I realized that, oh, there's just journeys be, at the end of this. Okay. Yeah. Bring it on because just be careful. I'm, because oh, it can set off that allergy. That I'm makes careful. Us I'm, it's, it's a very, it, there's seven patients um, at a time. It's when I go on these sort of tri- it's me and the shaman and the nurse. And, I'm talking about when you get home. Oh, oh, oh I'm when going to come and, back home and be very careful. And I have no desire, even in this state of, of, de- let's say depression that I'm in right now, which is a very sort of, oh, I'm okay, but you know what? Okay isn't okay for me anymore. I want to be, I, w- I want to be clear vessel to do God's work to give back in, in a sense that I'm open and feeling and present and not this old PTSD that doesn't even exist, but I haven't been able to find any answers or, or release that energy from my body. And, and I do the work. I really, really. We're gonna do have the to work. do another show when you get back. I'm ready, and I'm gonna bring in my guy who relapsed. I'm gonna talk to him. Let's he, bring him. He relapsed through this ayahuasca train he went on, and then his friend died. But first, I'll check. I won't. But, be, <laughs> but anyhow, no, it'll be a great thing uh, to talk. Let's about. do it. Let's do a little roundtable. So what's so we're pretty much out of time. I could talk to you all night. Well, we'll this be back. This is a great one. Um, so tell me. What what's what would you say to somebody new out there? Because we're talking a lot about oh, this I isn't textbook to, AA, that's yeah. for sure. No, you and I know. I would say to somebody new out there who was just feeling, you know, lonely and not being able to start, find help, talk to someone, get to a meeting, get to AA will save your life if you allow it and get you do the support. work. Get support, hundred percent. Don't be lonely. Don't be, and you're not alone. Whether you know there it or you not, go. the guy next to you was probably suffering, or the guy across the way is is you know on their last drink. You don't know. Say something. Just say it, and Speak I promise you, great. someone will hear you, mm-hmm. or find that someone and call me. I'll listen, and I will find you. The you put you in the right direction. We're on the interwebs. Yeah. Okay, it's, well, it's that, there. that was great. I love um, you, buddy. I love you, too. So if you're listening, thanks for tuning in. This has been Rock to Recovery. I'm your host, Wes Gear, with my dear friend, Eden Sassoon. Um, if you're out there and you're struggling, do what Eden says. Just speak up. You're not too sick. You can recover. We yeah. love you. We're sending you good vibes, and we're out of here.